Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I got this from a, a pastor friend of mine. He posted this on Facebook uh, about a week and a half ago. And uh, so I had PG put this on our, on our app. And it says, uh, preparing yourself to receive from church. Did you know that you can prepare yourself to receive before coming to church to hear God's word? Here are five simple things to remember. Number one, while driving to church, confess that you will hear a rhema word for your life. Say out loud that you are expecting to hear and receive. Why don't we just say that right now? I'm expecting to hear and receive. Number two, when you arrive, look for ways to serve others. Amen. Reach out to someone with the love of Jesus. You know, don't, don't just look out, reach out to the people you know. And uh, it's good to, to look out in the congregation and find people, you know, that you don't know. And even if you have to do it two or three times and it embarrasses you, like it does me, <laughs> you know, what's your name again, you know, and, and you'll get it, you know, but you know, uh, people, people like to know when they're visiting a church for three months that somebody knows who they are. Amen. And when you arrive, look for ways to serve, reach out to someone with the love of Jesus. When we give, we will receive. Amen. Number three, begin to praise God before the singing starts. Have an attitude of praise and thankfulness. You can have that out in the lobby in the halls, taking your children to their classroom. Amen. Amen. Get in the flow. Amen. Number four, while the message is going forth, draw upon the gift by being attentive and responsive. Amen. Attentive and responsive. Amen. You're catching on. <laughs> Be under the spout where the glory comes out. Praise the Lord. Number five, as soon as possible after the service, be a doer of the word that you heard. Amen. Glory to God. Isn't that good? Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. That's not where I want to go. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I want Pastor Angela to come up and uh, greet us this morning. You know, she was in Brazil for, <clears throat> well, out of the country for what, 10 days, 12 days, and Anyway, eight days out away from here that long. Anyway, so uh, she was in Brazil with Pastor Nancy Dufresne and Pastor, Pastor Ruby uh, Ramos from California. And so I wanted to come up and share with us, you know, what happened and, and uh, just give us a report. Amen. Come on up. Praise God. Ayo te ama. Now, if you don't know what that means in Portuguese, I will tell you. That means I love you. Ayo te ama Tom Bain is I love you too. <laughs> so at the church you can tell me you can tell me Ayo te ama Tom Bain. But I tell you what, uh, it was a good trip. <clears throat> now when I got home on Tuesday, I had from the time I had walked in an airport Monday afternoon to the time I walked in my out of the airport in Gainesville Tuesday night had been 32 hours in five airports. But I tell you what, because Brazil is only one hour difference from us, actually one hour ahead of us, it was a piece of cake was really not bad at all. So I'm thankful to be home, thankful to be here. I'll give props to my husband first. I'm, I'm an, a type A personality. Whenever we leave town to go anywhere, my house is clean, it's in order. There's stripes in my carpet. 
He left for Gatlinburg on Monday. I didn't get home till Tuesday night. When I walked in, there were stripes in my carpet. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> I didn't expect the bed to be made up. I wasn't expecting stripes. <laughs> Hallelujah. But God is good. You know, Brazil is a huge country. It's actually, it's about the same size as the United States when you include Alaska. Its population is, is smaller than the United States. It's uh, about little about 213 million people, and about 87% of those people live in the urban areas. And so it's a vast area, and most of their, their population is concentrated along the coast and along the southeastern area of Brazil. It's about 65% Catholic and about 25% evangelical. And uh, the numbers are rising. The evangelicals are on the move. Now, there's also a wide influx of Mormons coming into the country. As we came in off the, on the plane in Sao Paulo, there was a, a whole plane full, looked like, of Mormons that were arriving. And I'm thinking, we need the gospel, you know, in this country. They don't need something like Mormonism coming into the country. But, you know, the, the two churches that we went to were both pastored by people who came out of a word of faith church. There was a man named by the name of Bud Wright many years ago who went to Brazil after he graduated from Rama, and he developed a ministry there that today has a network of over 300 churches there. And out of the 300 churches that are there, there's about 180 of those who host a Rama Bible training center. And I'm telling you what, the word of God is alive in these people. It's, it's, I mean, they're on fire for the things of God. To me, when I got there, Brazil was a real dichotomy of things because I, I went there thinking it's not a third world nation. And really, in so many ways, it's not. There's a lot of technology they have, a lot of things. That, but yet, when you go out in their streets and you go into their areas, the areas that we were in, maybe it doesn't apply to everywhere, but it looked like a third world country. There was trash everywhere. A couple of the hotels we stayed at had a little sign on there that said they didn't need it. You weren't even to put toilet paper down the toilets because their infrastructure is so bad. Their streets are bad. Their infrastructure is bad. They're, they're, there's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of unemployment. There's a lot of crime. Well, the two churches that we went to were in areas that were were very much like everything else. You would drive along and there would be walls that are at least eight feet high that have barbed wire on the top or shards of glass stuck in the tops, you know, of those walls because the crime rate is so bad. Their gates were completely closed. So they were metal gates, but when they were closed, you couldn't see in there because they didn't want thieves to see what might be in there. And so when you did see inside, it didn't look like it was all that much. I'm sure there were some wonderful homes inside but, you know, you wanted to make yourself as inconspicuous as you could, you know, for thieves. And so, you know, you see those kind of things and you say, you know, Lord, you know, they, they, they need the gospel. In so many ways, they need the gospel. Now, we didn't go places, you know, like out in the, uh, in the jungles. You know, when you think of Brazil, you think of Amazon jungle. Well, we stayed in the urban places. You know, one city that we were in first was over a million people. The second city was over two million people. But, you know, you, you just drive down the street and you just see people that are just poor, that don't know God, you know, that don't. And now, for, even with Catholics, um, it was interesting to me to find out that in the Catholicism there in Brazil, 
it's been mixed with a lot of things. It's been mixed with spiritualism. It's been mixed with, with religions that come out of indigenous people. It's been mixed with religions that come from Africa, from, from other places. And so there's a lot of stuff that goes on that's just really demonic. And so they've mixed, you know, their Catholicism with some of that stuff. And our interpreter, in fact, uh, she is a, <clears throat> a wonderful lady. She's a minister in her own rights. And uh, she was, you know, I was just asking her about, about how her life, was she born Catholic? She said yes. And then she began to tell me that she had, um, as a child, you know, she, her family was Catholic, but yet they, they mixed a lot of this spiritualistic stuff in there. She said, we had demonic manifestations in our house all the time. And I'm just going, oh, heavens, you know, that's amazing. She got born again at a four-square church when she was 15 years old and was immediately told by her family she was not allowed to pray. And, in fact, they took the door off her bedroom so that they, if they heard her praying, she was in trouble. And so she said, I had, to, I had to get up in the middle of the night, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I had to pray because that's when everybody else was asleep. And I said, I'm so sorry. And she said, don't be sorry. She said, I had some wonderful experiences with God during those times. You know, and then she began telling me the rest of her life. And I'm telling you what, there is such a need, you know, everywhere there for the things of God, for the real, true manifestation of the Spirit of God. And so though we didn't go out, you know, and minister in the streets and that kind of stuff, we were there in the churches. And I tell you what, what sets, what set it apart for me, and, you know, and I think, I think uh, the trip did as much for me, you know, as, as possibly it could have. Um, you know, I, I, I tend to think those, uh, those results will show up, you know, kind of long-term kind of thing. But what I saw was a bunch of people who were hungry for the things of God. The first church we went to was not very deep, but it was very wide. And so there were several hundred people there. It was a Thursday night. It was packed with people standing in the back. And, you know, they would, I don't, I don't particularly like this, I guess just because I'm a pastor and I like to be around people, but they would wait till after the service would start and they would bring us in. And then as soon as, the, you know, Pastor Nancy was finished, that we basically just kind of got ushered out. And so you didn't have time. But I could hear them before and I could hear them after the service was over, after, well, after we left, and I could hear them praising God and worshiping God. When I, we would leave, you know, the auditorium, you could tell that people from, okay, the first church was wide but not very deep. The second church was very narrow and very long. And I'm telling you what, from the front row to the back row, they were engaged in what was going on in that service. And what Pastor Nancy preached, you know, every service are things I've heard her preach before. There are things I've heard her preach in, in a series, you know, where she would take, you know, th anywhere from three to five sessions, you know, to, to preach this. And she would condense it down into, into one service. And, and honest to goodness, it was like there was fire in the room. These people responded I mean, when she was pretty, it was like, I, we got through, and I'd say, man, that, that was amazing. And she said, I tell you what, when you come here, they just, they pull on you. They pull. They pull it out of you. And I'm telling you, now, I sat in my office on Wednesday afternoon when I got back, you know, came to the office. And when I left home that morning, I didn't see home again until after church Wednesday night. And so I was here during all that storm on Wednesday. 
And there was thunder and lightning popping all around this place. That's kind of what it felt like in that service is there was thunder and lightning throughout each one of those services that we were in. We were just in one service in one church and five in the other church. And every one of them was like that. Listen, it doesn't have to happen just in Brazil. Pastor Nancy and I were talking, and and she said, "Makes makes you just want to go home and go, come on, folks, come on. Hey, these people can do it. We can do it. And yet we're fed such a rich diet of the Word of God that I think we forget sometimes what a powerful thing it is. Listen, there can be thunder and lightning in these services too. Lightning is a suddenly. I want to see services where there's suddenlies happening. I want to come into a service where there's, there's such a demand and such a draw on the Spirit of God, such a demand on the Word of God that whoever's preaching in the pulpit can get up and just, I mean, it is just coming out of them like they've never had come out of them before. What just seems simple and what just seems just easy, what seems basic to us can be something exciting can be something that's so full of life and so full of power that we are on the edge of our seats just letting it soak us in and and just knowing that God is here and that God is working and that I'm receiving. It's a choice to receive. It's a choice to respond. You know, and we make up our minds. We can have the same kind of dynamic services that I saw there. We know so much Let's put what we've got to work and let's pull so that we can receive more and more and more and more. I could preach this morning. <laughs> but God is just so good. We, 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 get, we get so used to it. I mean, I know the difference when we come in, like we have a certain guest speaker or something, and we come in, there's just an electricity in the air. People are just on, just, just on pins and needles. They're just ready, ready for the service to start, ready to get going. And then there's other times we come in. It's just us. Why is it different? Why is it different? The same anointing that's on the guest speaker is on whoever's standing in the pulpit. Day in and day out, week in and week out, that same anointing is here. The same power of the Lord is present. The same ability, the same potential for the service is here every time we come together, not just when a guest speaker comes, not when I go to Brazil, not when they go to Africa, you know, not when somebody, you know, from Africa comes here. Listen, there are churches in Brazil who are sending missionaries to America right now. People out of those Brazilian churches, out of Brother Wright's churches, they're coming to America and starting churches. They're coming here to minister. I mean, what does that say about us? What does that say? You can, if you haven't plugged in yet this morning, you can decide. What I saw when Pastor Defend was here back in June and he talked about what hunger looks like, I saw hunger in action in Brazil. I saw it. I know what it looks like. 
I know that we can do more. I know that we can do better. I know that we can put, give it more of what we've got. These things that he read this morning, then that little notification, I tell you what, every bit of it's true. Come expecting. Come responsive. Come hungry. Come say, I don't care how many times I've heard that verse. I don't care how many times he's preached that topic. There is more to get out of this. There is more that God's got for me. I'm ready for a suddenly. I'm ready for the lightning of God to hit this place and to change things. It'll change hearts. It'll change lives. It'll change attitudes. It'll change the way you think. It'll change a lot of things if you're ready for the suddenlies. Hallelujah. So for me, you know, that's what Brazil was all about. It was about seeing seeing a a bunch of people who come together every service and they come in and they push in. I mean, I wasn't there when the service started. I don't know how they came in, but from the way I, what I could hear from them, I could about imagine how they came in. They didn't come in and just went, oh, let me see where I can find it's kind of out of the way. Let me just find myself a seat over here, you know, and just kind of settle in for the service. No, they came in ready. They came in hungry. Even if they were had to sit in the back row, they were on fire for God. Hallelujah. That's what we need. That's what we should have. That's what we should want. Hallelujah. And so, you know, there's, a, there's just so, there's so much that you, you find you know, just in other countries that they need, but then I have found what we need, what we need. It's a two-way street of blessing. And so thank you for for letting me go. Thank you for sending me. I missed you greatly. So ayo te ama. Amen. Hallelujah. It's good to have her back. Amen, amen, amen. Praise you. Huh? No, I didn't do that. If you're visiting with us today, we're glad to have you. Amen. If this is your first time, uh, we have a registration card. Does yours already do that? Yep, they did that. If you took a registration card, excuse me. If you took one, if you'll complete that card, take it out in the lobby, we have a free gift for you. And exchange your card uh, at the information desk there, and then you'll receive this wonderful gift. It's a, a book that's life-changing. Amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Now, I read on this app that the number one thing, I think it was number one, is say out loud, confess that when I get it to church today, I'm going to receive a rhema word from God. You don't like my pants leg? Are they hanging up there? Is that bothering you? It's bothering you too? Okay. Wool socks, wool pants, they kind of stick, you know. <laughs> they're lined on the front, but they're not lined in the back, and that's where they get caught up. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> huh? Huh? Steve says, of all people, I don't like those pants. <laughs> Had to have been here last Sunday night. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I, you know, it's been a long time since 
Anybody has ever talked about what a rhema word from God is? What is that? You know, we, we graduated from rhema Bible Training Center, now rhema Bible College. And uh, so what, what does that mean? What is a rhema? What does rhema mean? That's right. There's two words in the, in the Greek that's translated word when it comes to the word of God. And, and the most common one is logos. And, it's, and it's, uh, it's in the New Testament something like 580 times. Very common. And about 480 times it refers to, it's translated word as in word of God. There are the others that's translated different things. But uh, it primarily means the, the word of God, all of the word of God, the whole counsel of God. But then there's a Greek word, Rhema, and it's used like 70 times in the New Testament. And it's, it, it specifically means the word of God spoken. Taking a, a, the, the rhema is the whole word. The, the logos is the whole word of God. A rhema word is that portion that, that, that uh, God makes real in your heart, becomes alive in your heart, and you say it out your mouth. I tell you what, it's powerful when you take the word of God and put it in your mouth and in faith speak that word. In fact, go with me over to uh, Ephesians the fifth chapter, Ephesians chapter five. In verse number 25, it says, Husband love, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, the New King James translates that for her. And this is an example of interpretation trumping uh, original uh, literal text. The, the word there is not feminine in its, in its, uh, in its gender. It's, it's not. It's neutral. And that, that's, that's the translator's uh, mistake. That he might sanctify and cleanse it. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water, washing of water by the rhema. This is the rhema word of God, the spoken word of God. Amen. See, something happens when you take a portion of the logos that the spirit of God makes alive on the inside of you. And when you read it, the Holy Spirit will take the word and, and uh, as we say, quicken that to your inner man and, and, and it becomes alive and it becomes real and, and the Spirit of God shows you uh, just, a, just a fragment of what it means and the impact and, and how real it is and how, can you, how you can apply it in your life. That's, that word then becomes a rhema word to you. Because God has taken it and he has especially spoken it into your heart. But then where the power comes is when you take that word and you begin speaking it. Amen. 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 For instance, when, when the Bible says that by his stripes we were healed. Well, that, that's part of the logos. But whenever you're needing healing in your body... You go to the Logos, you go to the Bible and you start assembling and drawing together all of those scriptures that have to do with God's provision for your health and your healing. 
and you begin to meditate on those words and you, you begin to meditate on uh, 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 Isaiah 53, by his stripes you are, we are healed. And you go over to, to uh, uh, Matthew chapter eight, says he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And you go over to 1 Peter 2, 24, and where it says in, that, that uh, uh, by his stripes we were healed. And then it begins to dawn on you. If we were healed, then we are healed. If I was healed, then I am healed. See, and that word begins to be, begins to stir on the inside of me, becomes alive on the inside of me. That's when I take that word and start speaking it out of my mouth. And with boldness, I speak to my body and I say, oh, thank God, by his stripes I was healed of this, whatever it is that might be trying to afflict me. By his stripes I was healed. If I was healed, I am healed. If I am healed, then I'm not sick. And if I am healed, I'm an overcomer, praise God. And if I am healed and he took my infirmities and he bore my sicknesses and he took my pains and carry them away, then I don't have to carry them anymore. And I'm not going to carry them anymore. And I refuse to be sick. And I refuse to be bound. Or it might be some other. I refuse to be depressed. I refuse to be broke. I refuse to be discouraged. I refuse to be afraid. I refuse to be anything that's contrary to the word of God. Get the word of God on the inside of you. Let it become a rhema word on the inside. And begin to speak it out of your mouth. Glory to God. Begin to declare it as so. Oh, hallelujah. When you declare the word of God from, from faith, from faith. See, that's the key. A lot of people have learned to speak the word and that word confess, there's a negative side and a positive side. We know that the negative side of confession is confessing sin, but the positive side, and, and all that word means is to say the same thing. And when you've sinned, you know it in your heart. And so you say the same thing that your heart is telling, yes, yes, Father, I missed it. I confess that sin. But the positive side of confession is saying the same thing that the Bible says about you. And so you, we, we've learned that we are to confess the word. We're to speak the word. But a lot of people are speaking the word before they allow faith to arise, before it becomes real in their heart. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Get into the word of God. Feed on that word. Meditate on that word. We met a man this past week that, that Pastor Greg and I uh, uh, picked up. He was just, a, just looked like a hitchhiker. And, uh, but he was, he was a backpacker, actually, in the, in the Smoky Mountains. And we picked him up. Come to find out, you know, he wasn't your typical backpacker. He's a very influential man where he came from, won't go into all of that. He was in the United States attending a conference, and, he's, and, and he likes to hike. And so he, he, he stayed over. He always wanted to see the Smoky Mountains. He was from, where was he from? Venezuela, but from Spain. Yeah, he's living in Spain. And uh, he was over here attending a conference, and he, then he went to the Smoky Mountains and just uh, uh, backpacked, and, and it was about to rain. I mean, the bottom was about to fall out, and uh, he really needed to ride bad. And so we picked him up, and we got to witnessing to him and talking to him, you know. And uh, he, he was talking about meditation and, and how that people in, in uh, other religions, you know, they take a word, uh, some kind of a sound, a, a vowel, I mean, a, a syllable of some kind, and they begin to meditate on that word. And when if you ask them, what does, what does that, what's it called? What's that word called in meditation? Mantra, yeah. You, when you ask them, well, well, what does that word mean? It means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. It has no meaning at all. It's not even a word. It's just a sound. And they meditate on that. 
And, and, I, and, I, and, you know, we had been talking to him for a, quite a while by this time, and, and, and he was really opening up and receiving the Word of God. And I said, the difference between that kind of meditation and biblical meditation, Old Testament, New Testament, is you take the Word of God, and it means something. Oh, glory to God. It means something. God's word is full of power. It's full of life. Glory to God. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. There's life in that word. And that word will heal you. This word will heal you. But it has to become a rhema word to you. Because locked in that word is all of the power. Everything that's necessary to make that truth come real in your life. It's all in that word. And so you feed on it long enough. Take the time first to feed on the word of God. And to meditate on the word of God. And roll it over in your mind. And, and speak it in your mouth to yourself. And just begin to, to mutter the truth of that word. And, and, and you do it. You're not making a declaration of faith at that time so much as you are just putting it down on the inside of you. Just planting that word on the inside of you and establishing. If you do that very long, it doesn't take long, you, that word will begin to come alive. Oh, glory to God. And you'll suddenly know that by his stripes you were healed. You'll suddenly know that my God shall supply all of my needs. You'll suddenly know I'm not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You'll begin to know what the Bible says about your situation. It'll become alive on the inside of you. Oh, glory to God. And that's the time you release the power by speaking it out. You stand on your feet right there in your bedroom or stand up on the inside while you're driving down the road. And you say, oh, glory to God. I'm not defeated. I'm not going going under because I'm the head, I'm not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. Glory to God. And you begin to say that word because it's alive on the inside of you. There is creative power in the word of God. There is, I'm gonna say that again. There is absolutely creative power in the word of God. I mean, it is full of power. When God said, let there be light, The heavens exploded in light. And it all, he says, he created the worlds with his word. There is power in this word. You say, well, I said it and nothing happened. God was convinced. It was a rhema word from God. When he said it, he absolutely knew that nothing can withstand his word. Amen. When he said, let there be light, Amen. darkness had to leave. Right. Glory to God. Amen. And there's light for you. Right. You, might be, you might feel like you're in a dark place, surrounded by darkness or difficulty, and it's discouraging, and there and, 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 and seems to be no answer. Tell you what, God's word will give light. The entrance, you hear me say this all the time, the entrance of God's word brings light. And when light comes, darkness leaves. Glory to God. Fear, uncertainty, discouragement, it cannot abide in the light. 
You've never, you've never in your lifetime seen darkness overcome light. In the physical, in the natural realm, you've never seen darkness overcome light. You can, have a, you can be in a, light, a room full of light and have a closet with the door closed and completely sealed. It can be pitch black in that room. When you open that door, darkness doesn't come out of that room into the, into the light. The, the bright room doesn't become slightly darkened. Darkness, darkness is powerless when the light comes. Amen. The entrance of God's word will bring light into your spirit, man, on the inside of you. It'll light you up. And when that light comes, that's revelation. That's then you say it, then you speak it because you know it's true. You're not trying to believe anything. Glory to God. Dust the seats off. You're not trying to believe something. When it's alive on the inside of you, you, you feel like they could tie me up and threaten to kept, cut my arms and legs off before I'd say it's not true. It's true and I know it's true. It's the word of the living God. And when that word gets that strong on the inside of you and you begin to speak it, I'm telling you the very creative power that's in that word, when God said it, is to, is immediately, go, immediately goes to work. Immediately goes to work. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. You don't be discouraged because things don't change right then. God started talking about a Savior for, for, for 4,000 years before he came. He started talking about a Savior 4,000 years before the Savior showed up. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Because some things had to happen first. And many times in our lives, we speak the rhema word of God and it doesn't look like anything. Listen, don't be discouraged by that. You'll lose, you'll lose out. You'll shut down your faith. No, you're convinced that what God said is true and you release the power of that with the words of your mouth. That rhema word spoke. And when that rhema word comes out of your mouth, it's the same as coming out of the mouth of God. You're not God, but the word is God's. It's not your word, it's his word. And when you say it, praise God, I'm telling you, power is released. Amen. And sometimes things will happen immediately. Sometimes they'll happen over a period of time. You just keep standing in faith. You keep speaking that same word. You keep thanking God for it. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Ha <laughs> 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 Woo, glory. <laughs> Got my pants leg all messed up there. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Ha ha. Ha ha ha.
<laughs> so lift up your high eyes, lift up your voice, yeah. lift up your head, and lift up your heart. For the things that you've been seeking are yours for the taking. Yeah. There are times that you have <laughs> you've sought the Lord about them and you've let it go. But I'm telling you what, they are yours for the taking. You just need to reach out. Let that word come forth from your mouth. Let that word take its place in your life. Let that word do the work that it's supposed to do. And you will see and the manifestation will come of those things that you've longed for, that you've sought for, that you've asked for, that you've cried for, that you've desired. They belong to you. They reach out and take them and receive them and worship him. Worship the one who sent them. Praise him for the things that he's done. Praise him for the things he's yet to do. Hallelujah. They are coming to pass in your life because of the rhema word spoken from your mouth. Glory, glory, glory. Glory to God. Woo, there for a few minutes, I just couldn't speak in English. Very difficult. Glory, 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 glory. Ha, ha, Oh, we thank you, Father, for your word, your holy written word that becomes alive on the inside of us. Oh, thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Virgin Mary said, no word of God is without power. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory. We honor your word. We honor your word today, Father. Glory to God. We honor your word, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. There's another part of this. It won't take but just a minute. We know this is the word of God. Holy men of old spoke and wrote as they were moved on by the spirit of God. We know this is the infallible word of God. But God's still speaking. Now, he's not, he's not still speaking new scripture. I don't mean that. The Bible is complete. But when God speaks to your heart, if it's God speaking, that's the word of God. It's not, it's not this word. It's not the Bible. Unless he's just saying what's already here. But I'm just saying when the spirit of God speaks something to your heart, that is the word of God. If it's God speaking, that's the word of God for you. And it has just as much power as this has. Now you can see where people could get off. They could get into error because they, sometimes people say, well, God told me this and God told me that. Well, not, not if it's contrary to this, he didn't. This is how you know. This is how you know whether what you heard was God. It has to line up with this. If it doesn't line up with this, well, you know, don't get your, 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 your feelings hurt. You just missed it. That's all. And everybody's missed it. Anybody here has never missed it? Anybody here has never made a mistake in your life? Raise your hand if that's you. You've never made a mistake in your life. 
Is that you? If you've never made a mistake, I'm, uh, man, we need you up here. Not me. No, everybody's missed it. This is how you know whether the word God spoke to your heart is, is truly from him if it lines up with this. But my point is, if, if it lines up with this and God said it, then you can act on that just like you can act on this. And in fact, when God speaks to you, that's the time to act. Not take it and, and, and say, well, I'll get around to that in six weeks. When the Spirit of God speaks to you about something, about doing something, if it's for now, do it now. Amen. That's, that's where we miss it a lot of times. We play around with that in our mind. The Lord said, well, go talk to this person or put this in the offering or, or, or volunteer to do this or, 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 or do something else for the Lord. And, and we're hesitant to act. If you get in the habit of acting when you hear from God, you'll begin to see miracles take place. I mean real miracles take place. Be bold to act on what the Spirit of God says to you. Amen. Yeah, well, I might miss it. Well, so what? You'll learn by that. You'll learn. You'll learn by missing it just like you learn by getting it right. You'll learn what the difference is. And you'll miss it less and less and less often and get it right more and more and more. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.